Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, aphorism for July 30th. To inject uplifting vibrations into whatever you write, try to perfect the word sequences. These will work best if they follow the natural flow of thought. Read each sentence over and over carefully to ensure the achievement of this flow. Reposition words, phrases, and clauses as necessary for increasing clarity. For instance, In an earlier version of a sentence for July 25 in this book, I wrote, Isn't it in your interest to offer him your sincere friendship in return? I changed it to read, It will be more in your interest to offer him instead your sincere friendship. This change places the most important words, sincere friendship, at the end making those words linger on in memory. When you do this work for your readers, they will benefit more greatly from what you have to offer them. Swamiji was a very conscientious writer. He would go over his pages 50 times easily and just over and over again to get the thought clear, to get the vibration correct, to get the um, poetry as poetic as possible, which was really about the vibration, to have the rhythm the way it was, to have the meaning be absolutely clear. And it's just, and that's why, well, here we are. We've been reading through these aphorisms, and even though they're exceedingly concise, he he didn't. He's not saying this here, but every single word contributes. You don't have words floating around, and even this example he gets. Isn't it in your best interest? You know, it's like, he, he, he says, make sure that your word sequence follows the way that a person thinks. Well, you're not, I mean, you might say, isn't it in my best interest? You'd be more likely to say, it is in my best interest, which is what he changed it to. And the previous ending of the sentence was, in return. What in return? So he put sincere friendship at the end. So you have, it's in my best interest, sincere friendship. Um, In an earlier aphorism, uh, Swamiji said, watch the first and the last and everything in between will take care of itself. But it's really true. It's in my, isn't it, it is in your best interest. That's how we start. Sincere friendship. And it's just like, you can see pretty fast what the whole meaning is. You just have to traverse the place in the middle. And Swami talks about that doing the work for the reader. Now, a lot of this has to do with you as a writer or you as a speaker. And nowadays, even with emails, which is a fairly casual, quick form of communication, but the more, the more we can really say what we mean and mean what we say, the greater the magnetism of what we do. The more people will listen to us, the more they will understand us, the more we ourselves will be able to know what it is that we are doing. But don't imagine, even for a moment, that you can kind of just uh, sleep your way into, the, into this kind of writing. And as I was starting to say, 
watching Swamiji work for many years, the last book he wrote before um, he got a computer and could work with a word processor, oh, oh, the, the, the computer has completely changed the capacity of anyone to express themselves in words the, the way what it has done to, to a, a very large extent is it has removed the material obstacle to thought and the expression of the thought in the written word. When you had a pen, I mean, just think about it, it, how long it takes you to finish your thought with a pen. Whereas if you can type, you can say it just like that. And then with a pen, if you don't like it, you cross it out, you have to write again. Where the computer, you just keep switching words around just like that. So the clarity, the brevity of speech is... It's completely different. We can communicate in completely different ways. And therefore we can keep the creative inspiration um, fresher. And so we can, we can actually write with, with more prolonged inspiration because we don't become exhausted by the method. Now I have to add to that, there is something that happens when you write. And when I was writing the book Lightbearer, which is 45 years of my life with Swami Kriyananda, and it, it was... It was the reason that I, well, it's the reason that I was born, and it was definitely the culmination of a lifetime of trying to learn to write. Um, I had a lot of notes, and I had to take a lot of notes. But I, I found it was very interesting. This is just commenting about the great advantages of the computer that there's also something by hand. I found that when I I took notes for myself, but did them by hand, it created a different kind of flow. That, that was very important. I didn't write any of the book by hand, but I took notes and I made notes to myself. Mostly what I did is I, I was sensitive with my thoughts. So I also recognize that something has been lost by not involving ourselves physically, but the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. So what I was starting to say is earlier is the one book, the last book that Swamiji wrote before he got a computer was his autobiography. And that was back in 19... He finished it in 1977, so that was quite a long time ago. And for that book, I was his secretary, so I typed his manuscript. And I typed his manuscript over and over and over again. And in the process of doing that, I really got to watch. If Swami made even one change by pencil on a typewritten page, he needed the whole page to be completely clean before he could really decide if it was right or not. And he would just make very small changes, but every change he made made the meaning more clear and it made it it, it it was it became less difficult for the reader to have to stop and figure it out. And sometimes we write sloppily because we don't want to put out the energy ourselves to ask, actually ask myself, what do I really mean? So for the benefit of the author, as well as for the benefit of the reader, we need to go over every word that we've put there and asked ourselves, and I don't mean this for every email, you know, I would like a tuna sandwich for lunch. For lunch, I would like a tuna sandwich. Tuna sandwich is my choice for lunch. I mean, it doesn't make any difference. But if we're writing something that actually matters, whether it's a letter, an email, a book, or whatever, a, a PhD dissertation, you have to put out the energy to actually see, you know, does that really make sense? It's, and, it, and it's a tremendous uh, personal discipline to be able to actually see it. Swami Kriyananda, when, when he was writing The Path especially, um, he would, every Thursday night, he would call the community together. This was back when we all lived at Ananda village and the whole community was 
50 people or less, the, the, the active core. There was a, a bigger peripheral circle who eventually exited, but the core of the community wasn't that large. We could all fit in the living room. And every Thursday night he would read us whatever else he had just written. And, you know, and he was also, he w- it was, it was the, the first really big book he, would, he wrote, and it was the first time he wrote about Master. So he, it was very, uh, he was very sensitive about what he was doing. And he would read this to us. And sometimes we would hear meaning in his sentences that was really there, but that he hadn't seen at all. And sometimes we'd have rather heated discussions, which is basically, how could anybody with two brain fu- functioning brain neurons draw that meaning out of these words? I don't know, sir, but that's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> you know, it was because it was annoying. Annoying in the sense of, okay, I have to just keep going back and working on it. So if we really want to give to others from the real heart of what we feel we have to offer, we have to be willing to put out the energy to do it. And this is just one small thing. How do people really think about this? Because sometimes you see paragraphs, and this is, this is an example of people will do these long introductory issues. In certain cases, when conditions are just right, if the, if the weather is so and the astrological conditions are there and the experimenter is doing just the right things, then the bug will reproduce, you know? But we've gone through all of this and we don't even know what we're talking about. We're talking about the behavior of the bug. And if you're actually trying to think about something, the first thing that comes into your mind is the behavior of the bug. So you want to start your sentence with the behavior of the bug. And then if you're going to condition that, you may condition it, but at least your reader has the vaguest idea what you're talking about. Because if you have 20 words before you even get to the bug, he'll have lost interest in the whole thing. And as Swami said, he'll just think, oh, I'm a little tired tonight. He won't realize that the thing is, that the author is making you work too hard. So we really want to ask ourselves, what is the point of this sentence? What is the point of this paragraph? And how early in the sentence and how early in the paragraph can I put it? So that the, the reader will then care about all my qualifications. If we put all of our qualifications first, we've completely lost the point. And that's not how the mind works. The mind says, huh, I wonder what will make the bug reproduce. The bug reproduce. I mean, do bugs actually reproduce? It was just a random idea. But you first wonder about the bug. And then you wonder about all the conditions. You see? And it, it, you, you get used to it. And you also ask, and this, was, this is the fun part of editing, is this word actually contributing? Because sometimes we just throw in words. And as Swami said, especially if you're a serious writer, your ideas become like your children. And you just, how can I put, this is my, my favorite child, this beautiful sentence. Swamiji says, sometimes when you're writing, you have to spend hours saying it exactly right. Because when you get it exactly right, you realize you don't actually want to say it. But you didn't know you didn't want to say it until you get it exactly right. When I was writing that book, I had this, this diatribe is actually the only word for it. I had this point of view that I really wanted to express. And it was toward the end of the book. And the mood of the book had really shifted into something uh, very elegant by that point. But that was the point at which... It was time for the diatribe. So I, I was in seclusion writing this book. So I remember I spent most of the day 
writing this wonderful diatribe. Just, it was wonderful. I still have it somewhere. It was really, really good. I wrote it up. I felt so satisfied. I really said what I wanted to say. And uh, then the next time I read through the chapter, it was horrible. (laughs) It was perfect diatribe, but it didn't belong in the book. It just didn't belong there. And I got it off my chest, so I have... I have a little file, it's still on my computer, that says good bits, not usable. (laughs) So I feel better because it's there. If I ever need a diatribe, I can go get it. But it doesn't belong in the book. Swamiji said that's why it's very hard for sometimes for people to edit their own writing because this is my precious baby that I spent all day working on. I can't put him out and let the wolves devour him. But you have to ask yourself, what does the reader want to know? And is the rhythm, is the, is the vibration really what I want to say? And Swami has earned the right to teach us, and we should listen. So, to inject uplifting vibrations into whatever you write, try to perfect the word sequences. These will work best if they follow the natural flow of thought. Read each sentence over and over carefully to ensure the achievement of this flow. Reposition words, phrases, and clauses as necessary for increasing clarity. For instance, in an earlier version of a sentence for July 25, in this book I wrote, Isn't it in your interest to offer him your sincere friendship in return? I changed it to read, It will be more in your interest to offer him instead your sincere friendship. This change places the most important words sincere friendship, at the end, making those words linger on in memory. When you do this work for your readers, they will benefit more greatly from what you have to offer them. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.